Let us be attentive. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive. Brethren, glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. All who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. When Gentiles who have not the law do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that what the law requires is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or perhaps excuse them on that day when, according to the gospel, Jesus, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Peace be with you, the reader. arise let us hear the holy gospel peace be with you all the reading is from the holy gospel according to saint matthew let us be attentive At that time, as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom in healing every disease and every infirmity among the people. Peace. 
peace be with you, who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a story about a certain King Henry III from the 11th century who kind of started to grow tired of you know, the royal life in the court and of the pressures of being a monarch. He made application to the local monastic community, Prior Richard being in charge there, and he was asking to be accepted as a, a contemplative, you know, to join the monastery and spend the rest of his life there. Your Majesty, said Prior Richard, do you understand that the pledge here is one of obedience? That will be hard because you have been a king. I understand, said King Henry. The rest of my life I will be obedient to you as Christ leads you. Then I will tell you what to do, said Prior Richard to the king. Go back to your throne and serve faithfully in the place where God has put you. When King Henry died, a statement was written, the king learned to rule by being obedient. Brothers and sisters, when we tire of our roles, tire of our responsibilities, it helps to remember that God has planted us in a very certain and specific place, as told to and told us to be good, maybe accountant, teacher, mother, or father, whatever it might be. Christ expects us to be faithful where he has put us where he has called us to be. Today's gospel is all about a calling, and really a very special calling at that. The call of the first disciples by Christ that we heard about today was predicted even by last week's gospel reading when we heard the Lord say, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. I say that these teachings of Christ foreshadowed today's reading because we heard that the four individuals, those four blessed men called this morning, immediately forsook everything for the sake of Christ, to be with him, to serve him, to learn from him, to follow him, and ultimately to be sent forth by him. 
Their decision to take up the challenge of Jesus' call was the beginning of a tremendous story which they wrote through their ministries by the power of the Spirit. Jesus had a mission to accomplish when he used everyday people to do it. God often chooses the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. Look at these four very simple fishermen. From very humble beginnings, from being catchers of fish, they became catchers of men for the kingdom of God. As the hymn from Pentecost declares, Christ our God, by sending down your Holy Spirit upon them, you made the fishermen wise, and through them illumined the world. And to you the universe was ever drawn as in a net. Simon became Peter, the rock, the leader of the apostles, the bold preacher of Christ and the gospel, leaving us even two beautiful epistles in the New Testament as well. His brother Andrew, a great missionary and martyr, actually brought his brother Peter into the circle of Christ's 12 disciples, according to the Gospel of John. And Andrew is the founder of the church of Byzantium, which became the city of Constantinople. James, too, was a fiery preacher of God's word, and for this he was dubbed the Son of Thunder. Having so much success in bringing people to Christ that Herod Agrippa slew him with the sword, as the Acts of the Apostles record, thus dying, too, a martyr of Christ. John, his brother, who became known as the beloved disciple of Christ, who leaned into the bosom of Jesus at the Last Supper, became the head of the church in Ephesus. He wrote the lofty gospel according to John, left us three wondrous letters in the New Testament, and was deemed worthy of that revelation given to him by Christ, thus closing the New Testament with that mystical book. He is called the theologian because of the depth of his holy teachings. Many people experience a call from God in their lifetime. Again, some may be called to a very specific task, such as, again, teacher, nurse, musician, worker among the poor, missionary, doctor, priest, monastic, whatever it might be. And they feel that their task is a God-given charge. More importantly, every single person's life, man or woman, young or old, educated or uneducated, can and should be transformed into a divine calling. Every task, whether that of a teacher or a student, a business person or a homemaker, a restaurateur or professional athlete, a servant or a king, as in the case of King Henry III of Bavaria, already mentioned, can be experienced as God's call. The key, brothers and sisters, is personal closeness to and communion with God who sanctifies 
or should sanctify every aspect of our life, no matter what it is that he has called us to do, no matter where he has planted us, even those thought to be mundane tasks, all things can be done to his holy name's glory. I said ordinary people become extraordinary people by God's grace, but also ordinary tasks become extraordinary tasks by God's grace as well. When we consciously and in faith place our lives, our duties, our responsibilities, our families, our jobs, our everything in God's loving and caring hands, when we seek God's purposes in our tasks, when we recognize their usefulness from God's viewpoint and what he has commissioned us to do, and when we accomplish them as service to others for the glory of God. Do all things for the glory of God, cries out St. Paul in 1 Corinthians. And again in his letter to the Colossians, he says, Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus. To him be the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please rise.